Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament lectionary podcast that gives you the tools you need to preach with confidence from the Hebrew Bible. I'm Dr. Rachel Wren, Assistant Professor of Biblical Studies at Trinity Lutheran Seminary. And I'm Tim McNinch, PhD candidate at Emory University. Rachel's tackling one of the first readings for October 10th, 2021. And for some reason, she's chosen to focus her energy on a text from Amos, that would be Amos 5, 6 to 7, and 10 to 15, that deals with, well, hatred. Yeah, you know, I, I wrote my dissertation on anger. I thought, why not give hatred a try? Yeah, you're on a roll. We'll see where you end up. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. In, insert a quote from Yoda in here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something about the dark side. Yes. So there's a there's a method to the madness, though, Tim, and because in part I wanted to take on some of these texts that preachers tend to joke about when they step into the pulpit, mm. saying something like, "Well, I'm sure glad I'm not preaching on that text for today." <laughs> now, friends, I get it, and I've said it myself, and I I still do say it if I'm being really honest, but I still want to offer up a caution maybe just a reminder of what that communicates to people when they hear us say that. They hear things like, I don't like that text, or that really doesn't have a lot to say to us today, or even whatever you do, don't read that one. (laughs) And truly, I know the feeling and I still have it when I come upon some of these texts that seem so devastating. But at the same time, taking seriously the Bible as the word of God as a whole means that we're open to hearing the word of God in that Bible as a whole. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the occupational hazard, right, of being Bible right. people. <laughs> exactly. So you're going to stake that claim on this text that talks about God breaking out against the house of Joseph like fire and burning Bethel to the ground. And- yeah, you know, go big or go home. Uh-huh. <laughs> so but I am because I think even in the midst of that, that there is goodness to be had there. Even if it's just the goodness of stopping, comparing the angry God of the Old Testament and the loving Jesus of the New Testament. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you on that point, but it, I, is this the text to use to argue that the God of the Old Testament isn't the angry God? <laughs> okay, this is a good point. So hear me out. So today we have one of those texts that gives us a little shiver when, if you're in my tradition, the lector finishes reading it and says, this is the word of the Lord. And everybody in the pews has to respond. Thanks be be to God. God." (laughs) Right, exactly. But listen closely, because the very first few words really tell you all you need to know about this text. There are two imperative verbs, which means two command verbs in this very first clause. And the first clause goes like this, dirshu et Adonai vichyu. So dirshu comes from darash, meaning to seek, and vichyu from chaya, meaning to live. So seek God and live. You should pause over that. Something is wrong with God's people. Something has happened that has seriously threatened them has threatened their life. Another way to say this is God's people are sick. God's people are dying. God, through the prophet, is desperate for them to live. And so 
God is laying out the options for what's going to happen if they keep on their path. Interesting. So while we normally talk about this text with reference to people who are sinning, you seem like you want to talk about it more like uh, people who are sick, people who are dying. Yeah, exactly. In texts like this, and especially this one, God is often presented like an angry, disappointed judge who's going to give you one last shot to reform your ways before bringing down the hammer. Mm. And that is one good way to read this text. But I'm wondering what it would mean to read it as well in a quieter voice. The voice that sits someone down and says, hey, I think we have to have a serious talk here because you're dying and you either don't realize it or are avoiding it. And in avoiding it, you're making it worse. How does it change it? How does it change our view of God if we read the text in that voice and in that tone? Yeah, it's kind of like a, a pleading message. And, and I think what that allows for us is to experience the grace of this text, even as desperate and as harsh as it may be. Seek the Lord and live, or there will be nothing left to live for. Seek good and not evil so that you may live. We forget sometimes the why of why God is angry, desperate, sounding this note of alarm. It's not just because God's people are taking advantage of and are hurting other people. They are. But it's also because the stakes couldn't be higher for this people that God so desperately, crazily loves. They are dying. Their actions of immorality are not only hurting others, they're eating themselves up from the inside out. God is not just angry in this text. God is alarmed and is doing everything in the divine power to wake this people out of their stupor. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. What, what would you think about like um, preaching pitfalls and preaching angles for this text? Yeah, so my pitfall is pretty much the thing I said right away. Don't shudder away from this text. That doesn't mean that you absolutely have to preach on it, but don't turn it into a punching bag of, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that text. <laughs> this text portrays a really honest moment, almost a vulnerable moment on the part of God. And it's powerful to treat that moment of this text with dignity and with honor. Mm, I like that. And preaching it? Yes. I wonder what it would be like to, as you preach this sermon... Invite folks to imagine God as a really intimate friend who can say those things to you. You know what I mean by those things? Like the things you don't want to mm. hear, the things you don't want to admit, <laughs> the things that if anybody else were to say them, you'd slam the door in their face, right? Mm -hmm. So I have several friends who are really good friends who are the, the pillars of my life. And one of those is one that I can go to and know that they will always be honest with me. It's always done in a loving way. It's done with my best intentions at heart. And I love it because I know I can trust them. That's what God is for us too. God is that intimate friend who will be honest. Sometimes that honesty looks like you're killing yourself by the way you're hurting other people. Sometimes that honesty looks like you're stunting who you are just so you can be accepted. Sometimes that honesty looks like you are one of the most wonderful people I've ever met. And for some reason, you seem afraid of your own wonderfulness. Whatever it is that we need to hear, 
And I mean need, not want, to hear. God is saying it. Can we hear it? What is it for you? And whatever it is that God is saying, however much we might not like it, can you hear underneath it that deep heartbeat that is so strong in this text that just goes, that you may live, that you may live, that you may live. Mm. I think that's where I'd go to preach this. Fantastic. I mean, that's, you've, you've got half a sermon right there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. You know, I would go back to something also that you mentioned at some point in our conversation here about the tone of voice that yeah. is used to read this text. Now, preachers out there, um, if, if you've got like congregation members who are serving as electors, you know, reading the, the text for the day, you probably know the, the readers in your congregation who have the booming, angry hmm. voice, and you know the readers who have the kind, compassionate, uh, yeah. endearing voice. And mm. um, you may want to choose the latter <laughs> to read this text, to, yeah. to give it that sense. Or if you want to be super adventurous, have it read twice. Mm. Start oh, out I like that. having your big, boisterous, angry reader read yes. the text. And then have your compassionate, pleading, soft voice read the text. Yes. And as part of your sermon, invite people to consider the, the difference that tone makes. Oh, I love that. I love that. I hope you do that, preachers. It's such a great idea. <laughs> expanding beyond the sermon here on first reading exactly we're taking over <laughs> yes all right well thank you rachel for that that's gonna wrap us up for this week's episode my pleasure okay friends uh we hope that you enjoyed what you heard today do check us out on facebook where we drop our weekly episodes and find the the backstash of our episodes over at firstreadingpodcast.com uh, send us some feedback. Give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what's working and what you think we could do to improve the podcast. Special thanks, as always, to Trinity Lutheran Seminary at Capital University for the grant that they've given us that helps us do this thing. And thanks to all of you for listening. Until next time, I'm Tim McNinch. And I'm Rachel Wren. Happy preaching. <laughs>